Hi everyone. It is Reverend Molly at Jesus Without the Junk. I'd like to lift all those up right now who uh, are listening and who will listen in prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask and I plead the blood of Christ over every heart that tunes in to this podcast. Father, I ask that you give them what they need for their hearts and their lives. Lift them up, Father. In Jesus' holy name I ask and pray. Amen. So years ago, before I really knew anything about God the Father, Jesus His Son, the Holy Spirit, and you've heard me say, how did, how did three people get into one body anyway? I was, I would um, take my Bible out at night, I had a TV tray. I would put my Bible on my TV tray. I would get out a pad and pencil. And I remember vividly just looking up to heaven and just saying, Speak to me. You know, Father, speak God. Jesus, speak to me. Whomever he was. You know, I knew and I had grown up in Sunday school and church and knew that Jesus loved me. But I really wasn't really clear on the Trinity at all. Like, I just didn't get it. So I didn't even really know who I was asking what to. But I would just say, speak to me. I'd open my Bible up and I'm thinking, okay, some somehow supernaturally he's going to talk to me through this Bible. But one of those evenings I opened the scripture to Matthew 10, uh, verses 37 through 39. And I want to read those to you since you're listening. And let these words kind of penetrate your heart. 37, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, at that period and point in my life, I wanted to find my life. I was 39 years old. I had ended up living with relatives again with my daughter. I didn't like where I was. I had just closed a nail shop. It was called Get Nailed. And I thought I was opening it for Jesus Christ because he had brought me through an horrific time. I had gone into the hospital for shock treatments. And I came out. I was... Sane, I was coherent, but in that room, someone had had bought me a daily devotional, and what that did for me was they would have a scripture, and then they'd have like a real life story below the scripture, and it brought Jesus down to earth to me so I could get it a little bit. Because clearly I hadn't gotten it my whole life. I had grown up in Sunday school and church. And I had no clue Jesus was real. And so I, when I got out of the hospital. I continued my full time job. And then I. Through a series of circumstances. I went to nail school. Fingernail school as well. Because I knew that God was leading me in that direction. It had been confirmed to me. So I was uh, working a full-time job 
and trying to support my daughter. My mom was helping me take care of my daughter while I went to school as well. And I decided, and through just a, a, some circumstances, I opened a nail shop for the Lord to thank Him for bringing me through such a horrific, depressing time where I felt I had no option but to allow my psychiatrist to do shock treatments on me. So we ended up with my family. They suggested that we move in with them and I could pay them rent. And they had a a, a home where they had an outside um, entranceway into a room where I could actually do nails there by day and I slept there by night. And they wouldn't, the people wouldn't, my customers wouldn't have to go into the main house. And so I took them up on it. I'm like, yeah, because I had worked this nail shop for over two years, six days a week, an average of 10 hours a day. And I remember my mom calling me at the nail shop and asking me at 10 o'clock at night, Molly, please tell me you're not still there. And I wanted to make a better life for my daughter and I, and I thought this nail shop was the way to do it. Clearly, it wasn't. But I certainly learned a lot about myself there. I learned a lot about the grit that I had. I learned a lot about my stamina. And I learned a lot about people there. So here I am living with relatives, doing nails by day. And I started getting into the Word at night because I knew Jesus Christ was my only hope. He started... Um, teaching me without me really even realizing that he was doing it. But I would get my Bible out at night. I put it on a TV tray. I had my notepad and my pencil. And I'm thinking, okay, nothing I've done has worked. The foundation I thought I had built my life upon and my thinking upon um, and um, almost taken into myself um, the thoughts and the patterns of those I had been around all my life, I thought those are not working for me. Something's wrong. If Jesus Christ is really real, I'm going to go after him with everything in me. And I did. So I'm sitting there one night reading the scripture. And he said, anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And I'm like, I looked up to heaven. I'm like, Lord, God, I've had abortions. How in the world could you want me to put you first before my daughter? How is that possible? I love you, but I love I, I love her more. She's my only living child. I mean, that really got to me. But I knew what he was telling me in these verses that I had to put him first. I had to pick up my cross. I didn't even know I had a cross. I didn't know the things I've been going through in my life had really equated to a cross. But I look back and think, well, I guess they really did. So I began a journey with him on my yellow brick road. And every evening I would purpose to try to put him first in my heart. I didn't know how that was going to work, you know, putting him ahead of my daughter. But I tried with everything in me and I would, um, I started tuning into the 700 Club. And I wanted to start listening to other people and what they were saying about God or Jesus or something. What were they saying? How were they living their lives? Were they like weird people? The only 
person I'd ever known who was really like a true follower of Jesus Christ seemed kind of weird to me. Like, and every time he'd come around, I would want to run from him. But I was ready to listen. I was certain he had put me in a position in my life. I thought, I'm, I'm ready. I'm willing to listen. But what happened as I started trying to listen to other people, they didn't seem weird. There were people who had nice positions in corporate America, and they were talking about Jesus. And I thought, they don't seem weird. Okay, maybe this isn't weird. Maybe all the people I've ever been around who, who think that that's weird, maybe they're not right. So I just started at the beginning It was clear and simple, and my intent was pure in my heart, and I started listening, and then I started listening to a pastor or two on television. At that time and at that place, I didn't have access to 24-7 Christian television, which was probably a good thing, but I'd listen to Dr. Charles Stanley once a week, and he started really um, bringing heaven down to earth with for me in a way that I could understand it. And I learned that Jesus Christ was our chief cornerstone, like in our temples and in our foundation that we build for him. He's got to be the chief cornerstone there or the foundation can't stand. I looked up the definition of a cornerstone and let me just read that to you. In every stone building, one stone is crucial. It is laid first. And it is to ensure that the building is square and stable. It is the rock upon which the weight of the entire structure rests. It is the cornerstone. Scripture describes Jesus as the chief cornerstone. So one night I had a dream, and it was the first of many. And... I had to process it the very next morning and I did it after my coffee. But in this dream, there was this building that was standing. But this big hand came down and went through the top of it. And it started going down from the top and throwing out, taking out pieces of mortar that had cracked and broken and bricks that were broken. And the the structure was unstable and it kept going back down through and throwing things out and throwing things out until it got back down to the bottom to begin again, to start building again. But this time the structure would stand, it would be stable, it would be built upon the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. And I knew, even when I was 39, 40, 41, I thought, I'm awfully old to be starting something new again. But I didn't, I felt I didn't have a choice. And I thought, if this Jesus who has loved me, Jesus loves me, this I know, if he is that Jesus and he's really real and he's asking me to put him first to find my life, then I'm going to do it. I am going to grab my magnifying glass. I love Sherlock Holmes and I'm going to go after him with everything in my might. Just like I did sex and men and drugs and everything else. I'm going to do that. Because if he's really real and I have to encounter him one day, 
Woe be unto me if I don't really find out if he, if he really exists and he really is real and sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. So that's what I did. I purposed to go after him. And he's such an individual God that he left the 99 righteous people who didn't need him. Like they're already walking with him to come after the one who was lost. I was that one. It was me. And he's so individual. He knows how to restructure us so we'll have a firm foundation to live our lives upon. I never thought I would start teaching anybody about Jesus. I never thought I'd go to college. I never thought I'd be ordained as a pastor. So my question to leave you with today, you know, I always want to leave you with one thing. Is your foundation firm? Have you put God first? Is he first position in your heart above your children, your husband, your wife? Is he in first place? Because when you reposition him to first place, everything under that starts to begin to work properly. You can see more clearly. You'll know how to love your children better, more dearly. As if you think, Molly, that's not possible. Okay. But I know because I've walked through it and I've done it. He wants to set you free from guilt, from shame, lack of self-worth. It's like you're the Cracker Jack box. There's a prize in you. But he's not going to allow you to dump it out in a bowl, pick the prize up, and get everything with him that you have waiting for you. He doesn't work like that. It's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. He doesn't give it all to, to you all at one time. He keeps you hooked on. And he does it in such a way, it is the most enthralling journey I've ever been on my whole life. It's the only thing I've ever done consistently, and you've heard me say that before. So the one thing today is to get in Matthew 10, verses um, 37 through 39. Lose your life. If you haven't done it, you don't know what you're missing. I'm telling you. Because those chains will break. I would be drawn to get up in the middle of the night and sit before the Lord Indian style and talk to him. And this might go on for a couple of hours until there wasn't anything else for that night I needed to talk to him about. But the interesting thing was, was that I didn't wake up exhausted. I would wake up almost refreshed and the chains seemed to have been dropped. You know, I described it as, um, for those of you who've seen Scrooge, the first ghost who appears, he comes and his head's all wrapped up, his mouth, sh- it's got to be wrapped up to keep his mouth together. He's got chains all over him, just chained down. That's how I felt, literally. And he has taken me and he has changed me from one whole person into another. If any man be in Christ, remember, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I'm telling you, it's a behold moment. I'm still stunned. And I've looked at him several times in the air. and Because somebody's certainly listening to me. And I know it's him. And I've said no one would ever, ever believe this. They'd never believe it. 
but I will purpose to tell them. I forsook everyone to go after my Father in Heaven, God Most High, El Elyon. And I was able to do that through the cross of Jesus Christ. And through Him, He sends the Holy Spirit to help me, to guide me, to prune me, to prepare me. It's the most fantastical mystery that I've ever, ever, ever read, walked out, reasoned in my own heart. You can't really reason it out in your human reasoning. But I did it all by faith. And I wouldn't trade a moment of it. So with all that being said, take away one thing. Put him first. Not second, third, or fifth. Put him first. Tell him you're going to do it. Read the scripture back to him and tell him this is what I'm going to purpose to do. And then get up and shut up and watch him move through you. This is Molly at Jesus Without the Junk. Getting real, really, really real, so you can get what you need. God bless you so much. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.